Meredith Powell, Academic Advisor in the College of Sciences and Mathematics. And I'm Jonathan Halford, Academic Advisor in the College of Liberal Arts. And this is the Advising 2Bits podcast, where we enhance, but not replace, your academic advising experience here at Auburn University. All right, well today we have Scott Cameron from Financial Aid, and we're excited to talk to him a little bit more to help our students understand financial aid that is available to them and the different implications that can come with it. Like we talked about in our scholarship episode, anything with money changes quite often, right, Scott? Uh, <laughs> That's so the case. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the changes that have happened recently with financial aid? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me back. There's been one big change that I'm sure that we'll, we'll probably talk about some throughout this podcast, but the big biggest one that students will notice is the requirement now for the financial aid office to track what courses students are taking to make sure that they're taking courses that are actually moving them towards their degree. That program is called the program course of study. So students are now required in order to be able to receive federal financial aid to be taking courses that advance them towards their degree. Depending on the types of financial aid that the student has, there are some different rules and regulations that they'll have to follow in order to be able to be fully eligible for 100% of their financial aid. The big thing there is we work with the different departments and with the registrar's office. When students get registered for their classes, they can check what courses are going to count towards their degree through their degree works. Also can check with their advisors to make sure that the courses are going to actually count and are moving them towards their degree. Once they've registered for classes, then we run an assessment every single day just to see whether or not those courses that you're enrolled in are actually counting towards the degree. If they are, you won't receive anything from us. You'll, you'll be good to go. Your financial aid will be instated and, and dispersed just like it normally would. But for those that are not meeting all the requirements for federal aid, we're going to send out emails or we send out emails as soon as we realize that you're below the hours that you need to be for financial aid, letting you know that there are certain courses that aren't counting towards your degree. So in general terms, for federal financial aid, to qualify for any student loans, which is the most common of our federal student aid, for any student loans, students have to be enrolled in at least half time in order to qualify for 100% of their loan. So for our undergraduate students, that's six hours. For grad students, that's five hours. So as long as you have at least six hours or five hours that are counting towards your degree, then you'll get 100% of your loan money. It gets a little bit more complex if you qualify for something other than loans like the Pell Grants or supplemental grants or anything like that. With grant funding, we have to adjust the aid based on how many hours you're enrolled in. It's not just a, a standard number like half time for, for the loans. For Pell Grant, if you're enrolled in 12 plus hours that count towards your degree, you'll get 100% of your Pell Grant. If you're in 9, 10, or 11 hours, you'll get 75% of your Pell Grant. If you're in 6, 7, or 8 hours, 50%, and then below 6 hours, you'll get 25%. So a lot of times what will happen is when a student gets registered, they'll say have 14 hours that they're registered for. But if two of the classes that they're taking aren't counting towards their degree or aren't approved electives, then that 14 hours could drop down to say eight hours. We would then send an email out to the student letting them know some of the courses that they're taking aren't counting towards their degree. And if they're Pell eligible, we'll let them know that they're not going to receive 100% of their Pell. If that same student was in 14 hours and two of the classes didn't count and they don't have any Pell eligibility and they're just um, someone who receives student loans, then they wouldn't receive any kind of email from us or anything because they would still meet that minimum requirement of at least six hours. I know this is a, it's, it's kind of a complex topic, but 
the the general premise of it is we just have to check to make sure that the courses that you're taking are moving your towards your degree. Basically, as long as you're taking classes that are approved through your major and through your advisors, then you shouldn't have any issues whatsoever getting your federal financial aid. If for some reason you want to take classes that aren't part of your degree, whether it be a, a declared major or minor, any of those count for federal financial aid purposes. But if you want to take classes that are not counting towards your degree or are not going to get you to the minimum threshold to qualify for 100% funding, then there definitely are still, you, you're perfectly allowed to take those courses anytime that you would like to. Unfortunately, you just wouldn't receive any federal aid to help cover the cost of it, but you can still do private or alternative loans um, or pay out of pocket or anything that you would like to if you still want to take those courses. It doesn't limit you being able to take those courses. It just limits the funding from the federal side of things. One other thing on that, this is only talking about federal financial aid. This doesn't include any of the institutional aid that you could potentially have. So if you have scholarships or like if you're a grad assistant or anything like that that's getting institutional money from Auburn, there is not the same requirement. Those entities are not tracking your degree works to see whether or not those classes count. So it's, it's only for federal financial aid. And if you happen to be taking less classes or if you take classes that are not going to get you 100% of your aid, we'll let you know. And then at that point, there's a couple different options for you going forward. You can either meet with your advisor to see if some of those courses that you're enrolled in could potentially be approved as electives or readjust your schedule to take some of the courses that are already included in your degree works or just kind of for there being some extra charge on your e-bill that, that isn't going to be covered for financial aid. I mean, you have a lot of options. It's not going to change anything about you being registered for your classes or anything like that. So that's, that's, the, that's the big thing that's really changed here this year. That's brand new to this fall semester. Fall semester was the first time that we've ever had to track that. We had some, we had some hiccups there at the beginning of the semester, but I think the stuff has been kind of smoothed out at this point. So we have a much better process and better understanding of, of kind of how to deal with issues as they arise. So for the upcoming spring semester, it'll, it'll work the same way and hopefully there won't be quite as many hiccups in the process. So when students receive that email from financial aid, what does that timeline look like for them to be able to change their schedule? Because our students have up until the fifth class day of the semester to add or, you know, add or drop classes to be able to adjust that schedule. When it comes to receiving that email, I received personally a lot of emails from very panicked mm -hmm. students. And I think it's important for those students to realize the timeline that we're looking at because it's not a fire that we're immediately putting out 30 seconds after they receive that email. Mm -hmm. We have some time. Can you explain that? Yeah. So, I mean, basically how you explained it of you have the first five days of each semester in order to adjust your schedule, add new classes, you would need to have everything worked out within that first five days. But the good news is, is we start running this process from the time that you get registered for your classes. I mean, so we're running the process actively now. We run it once a morning, every single morning. So if there are any adjustments or approvals by advisors for um, electives that weren't initially approved, Approved. We, we update it every single day. So once you've made an adjustment to your schedule, so say you were below and then you added another course, it's not going to immediately reflect that you're now eligible for 100% of your aid. It has to get 100% through the registrar's system and you have to be fully in that course and it has to be just through the whole Auburn system. We have to be able to recognize that. So typically from the time that you have it updated with your advisor, then typically it's it's about two to three business days after that, you should see it reflected. And then your financial aid, we when we run the process in the morning, it adjusts. So if you have Pell Grant that had been reduced at one point, after that couple days of, of letting everything get through the system, you'll see that Pell Grant jump back up 
or if you, you lost eligibility for your loans, you'll see them reinstated just as soon as you get above that halftime threshold. I, it's, it's not an immediate process, but now we've got it worked out where last semester, not necessarily a two to three day turnaround. It was more like a week turnaround, but this semester it, it should be no more than two to three days. I mean, a lot of times it'll pick up the very next morning, just depending if everything can get through the, the registrar system. But I mean, for the most part, about two to three days, but you will have to, within the first five days of class, get this situated. There are um, exceptions to that. So if you had been enrolled in the class and you worked with your advisor and, and it could be an approved elective or if you, you something of that nature, if it's after the fifth class day and the advisor approves that class, that's perfectly fine. As soon as they approve it, it still will just be that two to three day business or two to three business day turnaround for us to be able to update that in the system and then reflect that in your financial aid. But as far as adding and dropping classes to get you to the threshold that you need, that's going to have to be done within the first five days when it's open. Let's say a student at the begin beginning of the semester has the 12 hours they need. Is there a point that if they have to drop a class, dropping them below that threshold where they have to be, that money would have to be returned? So it would be just in the small window from that add drop period cutoff date on the fifth day of class through the final add drop period of the 15th class day. So if you made adjustments between that time where you can still get a tuition refund, then it will potentially impact your federal financial aid. So after the 15th class day, when you've already locked in your schedule and you can no longer receive a tuition refund, then if you drop below that 12 hour threshold or whatever threshold it is, whether it be for Pell Grant or half time for, for one of the student loans, after the 15th class day, when you're not gonna get a tuition refund, you've already paid for that, so you've earned those funds. Basically, the easiest way to think about it is whenever you, if you're entitled to a refund for tuition, then it could impact your other financial aid as well because you won't, will not have earned 100% of your aid until after that ad drop period because we have to make sure that you're enrolled through that ad drop period. Once you've been enrolled through 15 class days, though, you've already paid for those classes and you're no longer uh, preventing someone else from being able to register for one of those courses. So between the sixth and 15th day, if you drop one of those courses that drops you below what you the minimum requirements to receive your financial aid, then we will adjust your financial aid. So if you drop from say 12 hours down to five hours within that sixth to, to 15th class day, you would no longer be eligible for any of the federal student loan money at that point. You have to have it through at least the 15th class day. After that, then you're not gonna see any adjustments unless you drop your entire schedule. Um, that's the way that it works for most ad drops in general, not just for the adjustments for the program course of study. So after the 15th class day, if you add or drop or make any adjustments to your schedule, it's not going to affect your financial aid at that point unless you drop your entire schedule. If you drop your entire schedule, then we have to do a return of Title IV funds based on your last date of enrollment. After the 15th class day, unless you drop your entire schedule, you won't see any kind of adjustment. Is there, other than dropping, you know, the full schedule, is there something like a, a retroactive, resi not resignation, a retroactive withdrawal or a retroactive change of uh, schedule that, that maybe happens later in the semester, but it's the effective date is in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, would that be another point that it might have some impact on financial It could, state? absolutely. So, I mean, we've seen that numerous times where, advisors at the different colleges think that they're doing what's best for the student by retroactively withdrawing the student at the beginning of the semester in order to be able to get a tuition refund. 
but not realizing that that withdrawal at the beginning of the semester could potentially impact their financial aid if they drop below that minimum threshold to be able to get their full financial aid. So if it's retroactive to within those first 15 days and you drop below that half-time requirement, then you're no longer eligible for any of the loans that we had dispersed and we have to charge those loans back. So for anything that's been dispersed and paid your e-bill or you've got a refund that you've been using to pay rent or utilities or anything like that, you would no longer be eligible for that if you drop below that half-time requirement within the first 15 days. So that's why in almost all instances, I would say, not almost all, in all instances, before doing any kind of ad drop that's going to be retroactive or anything like that, in general, just ad drops. It's good to check with us um, just to make sure that it's not going to impact your financial aid. It's usually a really quick check. Oh, that's not going to be a problem. You, you were enrolled long enough. You're not going to get a tuition refund. So there's not going to be any adjustment to your financial aid. But I would highly suggest from the student perspective, from advisors' perspectives, anytime that there's going to be a drop below the 12 hours, just reach out to us just to be sure that there's not going to be any impact because that's the worst is when, I mean, there are more times that I can count actually where advisors really thought that they were trying to be in the best interest of the student and getting the student a refund for the tuition that they no longer were going to be enrolled in. But then say they dropped a three hour course for an in-state student, that's $1,200 or so that you could get back. But if getting that $1,200 that you get back cost you your full financial aid that paid out $7,000. So it's always good to just check with us um, before any, any kind of ad drops. I'll say it once and I'll say it again if the question has dollar signs in it. I don't want to answer it and I want <laughs> you to go to the source that has the dollars. So um, with that sentiment. said, <laughs> I mean, I think it's really, um, you know, we, we hound it on, I feel like, almost every episode. But I think it's something that is important for students to realize is that as academic advisors, we don't mm -hmm. see what students are receiving as far as financial aid. Mm -hmm. So when a student emails me, my very first response, you know, in should I drop a class is do you have scholarship or financial aid? And if so, you need to talk to those offices now before you do anything. Absolutely. So. And I would say from our office's perspective, we try to stay pretty much hands off on any of the academic side of things <laughs> outside of checking with degree works to make sure that your classes count. We don't want to give advice on classes, on anything like that. It's that's not what that's not what we're expertise or that's not where our expertise is. So I mean, we stick to pretty much the financial side, and we appreciate it when advisors on the academic side do the same. <laughs> I think this is always a reminder for me how complex higher ed is, and, mm -hmm. and you know, you, you think about you mentioned doing what's best for the student, and you know, academically that may be what's best, mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's so many other implications. So I'm I'm really glad you brought that up. So. Um, and I know that's a big change. That's, that's probably something that's been on our mind uh, as advisors a lot, you know, because it's, it's something that we are, you know, we're trying to learn. We're trying to make sure that we're doing it the right way and, and that we're communicating everything. So um, are there any other changes that, um, that you know, we should talk about and, and anything that students should expect to be a little bit different? Well, not necessarily a change, but something that I've had a lot of questions on here over the course of the fall semester or leading into the spring semester is, is there going to be any new CARES Act or, or higher education relief fund money coming? Unfortunately, I mean, there's there's nothing else that's on the books as of now. So I'll just go ahead and put that out there because I, I get asked at least once or twice a day on whether or not there's going to be any new relief funds that get dispersed. We've already spent 100% of the funding that was, was sent to us by the government back in the fall semester. And unless something else passes through through Washington at the, at the congressional level, I wouldn't expect anything else to be dispersed. 
Um, so, so there's that. Outside of that, it's it's not really anything that's that's new. I would just I would just say that with financial aid, there's always it seems like every year there's some new regulations that come out. So from year to year, we're going to have different interest rates and stuff like that. For any of those who do have federal student loans, student loan interest accrual and repayment has been paused since two Marches ago, so almost two full years. But that's scheduled to change starting February 1st. The government has said that they are no longer going to extend that repayment pause and interest is scheduled to start accruing again starting February 1st. So for anybody who has student loans or took out student loans over the last couple of years that haven't had any interest or anything like that, just be aware that starting February 1st, we expect the interest to be turned back on. And for anybody that's going into repayment here after graduating, maybe here in the fall or, or graduating in the upcoming spring, repayment is scheduled to turn back on for the upcoming semester as well. So just, just be aware that, that it is about time to start paying, paying it back at this point. It's been paused for a couple years. That, abs that absolutely could change. I mean, it's been extended a couple different times over the last couple years. They've been pretty adamant this is the final time that they're going to extend that pause. But anything that changes along those lines, the, the government will put information out there and our office will, will put information out there as soon as we receive any update from the Department of Ed. Thank you so much for the update. I know that it's, you know, it's, it's a lot. We appreciate your office and everything you do because, again, if it has dollar signs, we don't, we don't deal with it. And we're just very fortunate. I think that we, as an institution, are very fortunate that we have so many offices that we can refer students to so that we don't have to all be financial aid experts Absolutely. and advising experts. So thank you for being on. I know you've been busy. Any kind of final thoughts you want to leave with our listeners? I would just say this is, I mean, this absolutely, thanks Thanks for having me. Um, I'm glad to talk about it anytime if y'all have any other questions or want clarification. Nothing's really changed too much from the very first time that we met. So I would just refer folks back to that very first episode. We talked about some of the basics of financial aid, but then also some of the more pertinent questions that, that people have when they're going through the process. So this is this was a good update for some of the stuff that's changed here over the last couple months or last six months or so. So just refer back to that, and and hopefully this is uh, educational and and can help you with some of the financial aid processes going forward. I know some of it was was pretty complex, but if you ever have any um, questions or concerns or anything like that, feel free to reach out to our office. That's why we're there. Either myself or any of our other senior advisors would be glad to walk you through any questions that you have. We're open every day, so so feel free to either stop by, give us a call, shoot us an email, and we'll be glad to help. Awesome, Scott. Thank you so much. And this concludes this episode of Advising 2Bits. We want to thank our guests for taking the time to be with us today. We hope that this information will be beneficial in your next advising appointment. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you can be notified next time new content is available and we can continue to enhance your advising experience. The Advising 2Bits podcast is produced by Adam McGee in the College of Agriculture.